Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a weekly podcast brought to you by LifeBank, the organ, eye, and tissue recovery agency in Northeast Ohio. Donation can be a complicated subject, but it is really all about life. So spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. So come on, let's talk about life. We know that thousands of Ohioans have registered their donation decision through the Bureau of Motor Vehicles. The Ohio Donor Registry is managed by the state of Ohio through the BMVs, and each agency is involved with asking citizens if they would like to give the gift of life. September is National BMV Appreciation Month, and really is a time for us at LifePang to stop and thank our partners for helping to save lives. It's not an exaggeration to recognize the BMV staff members as vital partners in the mission of saving and healing lives alongside LifeBank. We don't take this for granted and are very grateful for every BMV staff member. For one BMV staff member in particular, this has become a personal mission. Hi. You're listening to episode 78 of Let's Talk About Life. I'm your host, Colleen Gerber, kidney recipient and LifeBank staff member. Our guest on this episode is Jim Stinson, BMV staff member and living kidney donor to his brother, Jerry Stinson, who is also here with us today. We thank you both for spending time to share your story with our listeners. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Jim, I'm going to start with you. How long have you worked at the BMV, and can you explain your role? My title is a field representative. I travel around to, as of right now, nine different BMVs. I've been doing this job for eight and a half, nine years. So we travel around and assist BMVs with just everything they need to operate, as well as audit paperwork, and just make sure they are just doing things according to what the ORC is required. What's your personal feelings about being in charge or being the really the point of purchase site for Ohioans to become organ eye and tissue donors? Obviously, I think it's very important. I am an organ donor, you know, as far as on my license. I think that if you can do anything, that's something you can do without causing you any grief at all. And I think it even helps the families of somebody if they would lose an individual that they would be able to see them do something that would improve the lives of so many people. Working with LifeBank, we have seen many presentations knowing how many people can be helped with just one person's donation, how many different ways that you can actually improve the lives of so many people as far as the transplants that are available that I would never even think of. Yeah, it is pretty amazing what can be transplanted. Did you ever imagine that your family would be touched by the need for an organ donation? Years ago, I would say no, it probably was not on our radar. But uh, as Gary was fighting with diabetes, we thought that this was a definite uh, possibility that eventually his kidneys would, would fail him. So it was a decision I made several years before it actually came to that he actually needed a kidney. So you really thought about this? Yes, we talked about it. Honestly, uh, it was something, a decision I made, and I, probably at least five years before it actually happened. Wow. That's pretty great that you saw that coming on the horizon. That's pretty cool. So, Jerry, I'm going to turn to you. 
you are diabetic and eventually your kidneys fail. Is that what happened? Pretty much. I have to be honest. I didn't really take good care of myself when I had listed diabetes as I do now, but that kind of probably sped up that process a little bit, but that's in a nutshell what happened. When were you diagnosed as a diabetic? Uh, well, that would have been 32 years old and I'm 59, so 27 years ago. How long after that before the discussion of uh, needing a kidney transplant? So I would say that came up, like Jim said, in the last five years before the transplant. I knew that the kidneys were not optimum. I ended up getting a nephrologist. We kind of watched it very closely. So what I know now that I didn't know then, there were signs, but the signs come so slowly because the deterioration of the kidney, it does take a long time. Every day becomes your new normal. And by the time we were ready for surgery, which was November 12th, I had surgery of 19. I was pretty sick. It was, it was difficult just to do everyday functions, moving around and everything. And Lo and behold, a miracle came. <laughs> you don't know how sick you are until after the transplant, and you go, yeah, "Wow, am I one hundred percent accurate?" Yeah, it's amazing. I, I literally felt better from the the tiredness in the hospital before I even left, and I was only there full day. So, yeah, it was amazing. You said it was a slow process, but what were some of the things that you enjoyed in your life that, because you were in kidney failure, you were no longer able to do? Well, the biggest was I was blessed with a new grandchild right about the time in, um, I couldn't walk to the park with her. I couldn't, I could barely pick her up towards the latter stages of this. So, um, and that's my favorite thing in the world. I mean, there's nothing better than that. So I have a lot of fun with my grandchildren and I've got three now. Yeah. It gave me that back in quite a hurry, to be honest, once, once everything was done. And that, that was it. I mean, I just love family aspect. I, I've always been that way. It got me back to being a participant there. Yeah. How important is that? Participating <laughs> in your own life, right? Exactly. Well, I was sleeping. I, I sleep very well at night and I was taking at least a three hour nap during the day. And yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, it does get a little crazy. So, Jim, I'm going to go back to you. How are you feeling, and what was your experience from the living donor side? There's, there's one thing that Cleveland Clinic did make sure of is that I was healthy enough to, to donate a kidney. There were some things that I had to clean up, and the process was quite in-depth. I've never had a physical like that in my life, and so I was actually healthier than I thought I was. They really make sure that you mentally and physically are ready for a donation and that you're doing it for the right reasons. And once the surgery was over, I was out for six weeks. I honestly have not noticed a difference since I healed up from the surgery. For me, there's some things they told me to stay away from, but for the most part, it's um, life as usual for me. Well, that's awesome. That's really great to hear. And now that you're a living donor, do you feel like that has impacted your role with the BMV? Um, I can answer some questions for people that work at the BMV a little clearer. And uh, it's kind of opened up some doors where people have more interest in organ donation and how important that is for um, our customers to have the opportunity to sign up and to become an organ donor. And I'm sure you're an inspiration. Living donation is a real huge option, and I think it's so helpful. 
when somebody can meet somebody who's been a living donor and see that life goes on and as normal. Yeah, I mean, that's what my coworkers are like, are you okay? You know, you, you, you need to, I'm like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm living my life normally. So yeah, it's, it has really not you know, affected uh, my life as far as that goes at all. And one of the nice things about the state of Ohio, the state employees, um, is that they have an organ donor leave. So they gave me six weeks off that did not count against my sick time or vacation. It is actually leave that is granted to a, a living donor, and you get that six weeks off. So I thought that was a blessing right there that I didn't have to use any of my own time. And it made, as far as, far as financially for me, to be able to be off work that long. It made that that very easily. So I'm I'm hoping that more of my coworkers that work for the state know that that's available, so that that wouldn't be a hindrance for anybody being a living donor. And I'm glad you brought that up. That's amazing. It also made it a lot easier on me knowing that my my brother, who's doing this incredible thing for me, it took out the one aspect of financial problems or anything I had out of my mind because at the time you're you're worried about the safety of yourself, obviously, but you also I certainly didn't want anything bad to happen to him. And it was just one of those little things that they did that meant a lot to me also. Well, that's huge when, yeah, loss of income. That's a huge barrier for a lot of people. In the state of Ohio, don't you get a $10,000 tax deduction as well? That's if you have travel. Like if, I, if Jerry lived out of state and I was traveling back and forth, uh, okay. if I had incurred some ex- extra expenses, during the, the whole process, then I could write the health taxes. That was that, that's all that was available for that. So I, I didn't incur any really uh, additional costs because uh, basically Jerry's insurance took care of every aspect for me. When I went in, I sat down with a financial advisor at Cleveland Clinic and he said, you never give them your, your insurance information. Nothing should be billed to you. It, it would all go to Jerry's insurance. And they even paid for my parking. So I had... I mean, no expenses. I paid for a little bit of gas going up to Cleveland Clinic, and that's it. Impressive. Very impressive. That's great. We kind of touched on it, but what would you tell people in general that want to know what your feelings are about organ eye and tissue donation and your personal experience with saving your brother's life? I don't look at it that way. I just look at it. It's the right thing to do, and I live my life that way. If you do what's the right thing, and... Honestly, there was no hesitation. I was just my belief in, you know, Christ and Jesus is, you know what, you treat people the way you want them to treat you. And, you know, I'm more worried about my, my brother's well-being than my own. And, um, you know, I was blessed that it didn't, like I said, I came through it clean and without any uh, ill effects at all. I'd like to add to that a little bit if I could. My brother called me the one day in tears because they found a spot on his lungs when they did something. And he called me not because he was worried about himself. He really didn't care about his lung problem. He was worried because he wasn't going to be able to give me this kidney. Wow. That's an amazing brother. That's for sure. Jim, how do you feel about folks who are maybe a little hesitant to be registered organ and tissue donors? Well, being in BMBs every day, I hear a lot of the people that are, uh, nervous about becoming a donor where they will not get the, the same care if they know they're an organ donor versus not. And I would say they just need to get educated on really what the process is. 
I can tell you a story. There was, I was in one in Akron and there was a customer in there. They asked him the question and the customer said that I know that she did not want to be an organ donor because she heard that if you're in a car accident and you're, you're an organ donor, that they will just basically not work on you. And there happened to be a paramedic right behind her in line and just said, that is ridiculous. He said, when we roll up on an accident, we don't start going through wallets to look and see who is an organ donor and who's not. We just start working on who's hurt. So there's a lot of people out there that have been told some things that are just urban legend. I don't know, but they just need to get educated. And I think we, with Life Bank, have been trying to find ways to educate the public. I know they've been going into schools and that type of thing, but the, the biggest thing is they just need to do some research, find out what it's really all about and how the process goes. And that that is so untrue as far as the level of care you're going to get if you're an organ donor compared to not being an organ donor. So I would just tell them to you know, do your homework before you make a decision like that. You know, the hospitals don't even have access to the Ohio Donor Registry. And they're certainly not looking, as you said, on your driver's license. Only organ, eye, and tissue recovery agencies like LifeBank has access to that information. And we can't change right. it. We can't go and add or delete people. We can only look at that information. Right. And that, that needs to get out there so people realize that that is true. And I think then, I think the people that say no are saying no because of uh, just some misunderstanding that they have about what it's all about and what their treatment would be. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You guys are wonderful. I just appreciate you both. And, and what a story. What a story. I love it. We hope you found today's episode inspiring and informative. Let's Talk About Life can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Spotify, and other podcast providers. And of course, always on lifebank.org slash resources. We encourage you to subscribe and we invite you back next week. And come on, let's talk about life. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life. If you have questions about today's podcast, reach out to us at info at lifebank.org. Take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at lifebank.org. Literally, someone's life is depending on it.